Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Yes, praise the Lord. This is chat time where we discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So we're going to talk about a few current events here, but, uh, you know, I'm disgusted with the churches. When I read articles like this, I am just disgusted. You know, there's this one um, Methodist church in Georgia, Atlanta-based and a local gay pride organization recently hosted a drag show at a Methodist church affiliated 
with the Atlanta-based Emory University, which has long supported the LGBTQ community. According to campus reform, the event was meant to commemorate the end of Gay History Month, which took place in October. Tommy Green Greenler, a senior at Emory University, hosted the event at Glen Memorial Chapel while dressed in drag, and he went by the stage name Pam. There is something very subversive about hosting a drag show at a church, especially a Methodist church like Glen Memorial, Greenler told the campus reform. The UMC has officially adopted some anti-LGBT stances in recent years, he added, but I think it says a lot about Glen Memorial as an individual church that it has continued to welcome the drag show in their space. I guess it does say a whole lot. Yes, it in does. In my opinion, it says a whole lot. You know, who do they worship? Jesus is not Lord in that uh, no. chapel. Nope, and it just it gives the wrong message. That's not the avenue. You know, if they have an issue, that's that's not the place to try to air it. And uh, you know, they they've forgotten. It's just like the whole issue of their soul being at stake. It's it's coming before God to receive redemption. And to have a fashion show has nothing to do with salvation. You're trying to reach the spiritual part, and they're so caught up in the carnal that they can't see it. And then um, Emory Pride's president, Layla Aberman, told the Emory Wheel, the student's newspaper, uh, saying that drag is about family. It might be, but I mean, drag family. I mean, there are all kinds of families out there, but... The, the church isn't the place for this kind of activity. I, you know, and to be frank, even just regular fashion shows, I don't think should be done within the church, not within the sanctuary anyway. I think the sanctuary is special, just like the Lord had the most holies of holies. I think when you come into the sanctuary, the sanctuary should be anointed. It should not be weighed down with uh, earthly carnal activities and I just don't think that was the proper place and definitely not the proper theme because it's immoral. So as uh, reported by CBN News, the church's website includes over 1,200 words devoted to the discussion of racial justice and LBTQ 1,200 words? plus inclusion. That's almost a, a whole vocabulary that people have, 1,200 words. On the <laughs> On the website, the church also encouraged congregants to march in the 2021 Gay Parade in Atlanta. Why? <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It seems more social uh, than and, it is. And uh, the and the social spiritual activity, and the social activity is anti-Christ. You know, it has no place within the church, and the church has become so secular. They got too many of those type of functions within. The sanctuary itself. You should be able to come into the sanctuary and feel the anointing of the Lord. It's almost like they forgot what the sanctuary is for. I can't imagine what they feel. It's all carnal. Mm -hmm. So this article is about another church. And I'm very disappointed in this church because um, 
it's a rally, Reawaken America tour rally at San Antonio's Cornerstone Church where popular author John Hagee serves as pastor. And, you know, sometimes I liked his sermons. You know, I'd run across them once in a while. But in this church, a chant of Let's Go Brandon as at a well-known Texas church over just just recently was met with a round of rebuke from multiple Christian leaders who called the moment shameful to Jesus and his teachings. Now, for those who don't know what that means, it's a vulgar phrase. Um, and it has to do with it being popular following a televised NASCAR race in October where when fans began chanting the vulgar phrase, but an NBC reporter misheard it as let's go Brandon, which happened to be the first name of the race winner. So what they were doing is that they were chanting it, let's go Brandon, in the church. In the church. Right, so what they were doing, the people were protesting against uh, President Biden and so rather than use the vulgar phrase referring to Biden, they substituted with the phrase, let's go Brandon. Now, I didn't know what that stood for until somebody sent this article to me. <clears throat> you know, and, and for any church that declares that Jesus is Lord, this is a disgrace. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, why would you say anything or chant anything like that? Right, in specifically knowing the meaning. You know, maybe there are some people who were chanting and weren't aware of the meaning of what they were chanting. But for those who actually knew what they were chanting, that's a shame. And I understand that it was a rally, Reawaken America tour, but I don't think I don't think churches should hold rallies like that uh, in a. I don't think a church should hold rallies. I mean, maybe not, in, in a park at a right, but not within the sanctuary. No, no. I, I know that there are a lot of um, people, a lot of pastors that uh, rebuked <laughs> this church and, and what they did at this mega church, you know, but this is stupid. This right, is, what, because, what is because our, where, our, where, where, where is the glory to God? Where is the praise? Where is the anointing? It's just, it's just pure secular activity, and it has no business being in the, in the sanctuary, and especially that particular phrase, if you knew what it stood for, that doesn't make any sense. How can you expect the Lord to answer your prayers if you're conducting things like that? Drag... Yeah, drag queen fashion shows. Or whatever know, they do. Look at this, delete chants. You know, this just doesn't make any sense. Probably have to get up and walk out, you know? I'd have to find a different church because that's terrible. So, anyway, this article that someone sent me comes from Religion News Service and it's a new revised standard version of the Bible that was updated with consideration for modern sensibilities. Mm. A verse in the New Testament book of Galatians that previously referred to the sons of Abraham as one by a slave woman and the other by a free woman will instead read one by an enslaved woman and the other by a free woman. Which to me is like potato, potato, tomato, <laughs> uh, tomato. It doesn't make any difference. You're a slave, you know. 
And I and don't, then I don't know the success the, behind it. In the it. Gospel of Matthew, they're changing uh, wise men to magi mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to the birth of Jesus. Because and I guess they don't want the men in there, the word men, you know. At a, this is a generation where men are just under attack. <laughs> it's just so silly. <laughs> I mean, it, but you know, when you read the Bible, it's a it's a generic meaning people. Magi? No, men. Men. You know. Oh yeah, right. Well, people should take it that way, except for the people who try to to make a difference between male and female when it's when it's to to take uh, the female to the point where she has no authority within the church, no say within the church, then, then it's definitely uh, men. It applies to, to, it separates the female out, you know, but, and it applies like men should do this, men should do this. Females, you don't, women, you have no place, no part in this. So they're changing. But when it, but when it comes to uh, just general, then that's okay. But it, they use the word male or men to their advantage depending on what political, and I'm not talking about spiritual, what political stand that they want to take within the church. And when it's convenient, you know, women are excluded. But when, it, when they want them to be subservient, <laughs> then women are included. It's just, it's just terrible. There is no spiritual, there's no spiritual meaning behind it. So a verse in Matthew that previously referred to de demoniacs, epileptics and paralytics now reads people possessed by demons or having epilepsy or afflicted with paralysis. What's the difference? You know? I don't know. I, 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 someone was telling me that they were watching a movie not too long ago and it was talking about how the world was getting dumber and dumber and dumber. Uh-huh. And 500 years later, and everybody was dumb. <laughs> and, and so you're reading this, these articles, and you're looking at this, and, and it, it, that's not... That must be prophecy. Whoever wrote, the, who made that film, that right. must be prophecy. It was really an interesting film. You know, and I ran across it, and you know how you repair buildings. They took rope and just tied the buildings together to keep them from falling down. Because <laughs> they didn't know how else to right. do it. They didn't know how to manage their their refuse, and so the garbage was piled up outside their homes, and you know they just they were just dumb. So in Mark fourteen, <laughs> chapter six, chapter fourteen, verse sixty nine. Uh, the new edition does not use the word girl when referring to a young woman. Instead, it speaks of a female servant Which instead to me of a is, servant girl. Yeah, but it's misleading because a female servant could be 80 years old. But if you say a servant girl, right away you picture a young maiden. So it makes a difference. Just changing things, I don't know their logic behind it, but just changing some things to Modern not, sensibilities. But that's not modern sensibility. I mean, some things are just distorted when they do that, you know? And so, yeah, it makes me wonder, because they said over 12,000 words, over 20,000 phrases, they have, I guess, reinterpreted. That just, that's amazing to me. Yeah, so... Here's another article from the ChristianHeadlines.com, and it's uh, a leading pro-life group launched a $2.5 million camp ad campaign just recently with the goal of changing public opinion on late-term abortion ahead of the major U.S. Supreme Court's case. 
the television and digital ad campaign by the Susan B. Anthony list features two doctors and an adopted woman asserting that the science referenced in the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision is outdated. Which probably is, because it's almost Roe 50 years. And its companion decision, Doe v. Bolton, legalized abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. Oh, my goodness. The ads will air on broadcast and cable stations in Washington, D.C., including CBS, ABC, NBC, Fox News, Newsmax, CNBC, and CNN. The ads will also be a part of a text and digital campaign in nine battleground states. The U.S. Supreme Court will hear oral arguments, or maybe they already made a decision on it, because that was scheduled to be done on December 1st, in a case involving a Mississippi law that bans abortions after 15 weeks. Mississippi is asking the high court to overturn Roe. Uh, by which, six which weeks, they probably won't do. By six weeks, we can detect a heartbeat with ultrasound technology. Uh, by 15 weeks, we, they can feel pain. Right. So it makes no sense to be killing babies like this. This is crazy. And with proper care and, and incubator, babies can survive after being born at 21 to 22 weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I was reading an article not too long ago about a woman who, who had the smallest, I mean, it's in the Guinness World Book of Records, the smallest baby, and that ba one died born prematurely they were twins and one died and one survived and now that child is like I forget maybe a couple years old two mm -hmm. three years old by now so the U.S. is one of seven nations including China and North Korea that allow late-term abortion <laughs> on demand more than halfway through the pregnancy well after unborn babies and look, feel who, the who, pain. look who the United States is keeping company with. Yep. China and North Korea, and uh, where they have such an abundance of people, the population is so great until human life is cheap to them. And as a matter of fact, when Mao Zedong was in, in uh, command, he, he, as far as development and technology and you know, doing things, he said, why, why? He said, we got enough people to do it. So whereas in the United States and other places, they were using conveyor belts, he just used human, raw human power. They have, they have so many people until they don't regard human life really as being precious at all, which is why they can do organ harvesting, uh, slave labor. And, uh, it's just like, I mean, what we consider to be our largest city, uh, like New York, 9 million, that's an average-sized city. In China, mm -hmm. and, and and right behind China, India. But I don't think India is as bad. I don't know though. You know, some of those really old movies. Do you remember that movie, uh, Soylent Green? Where they were eating people. Well, <laughs> they didn't know what they were eating. There was they just killed the older people because there were so many people. They would just kill the people and turn them into this uh, green. Whatever. <laughs> drink or algae or something yeah. like that. And you could see them on conveyor belts. Oh, they're just, they're told that they're going somewhere nice. But 
They're like, you know, and they're all going to their death, and they're going to be turned into food for the rest of the people. And, you know, that's, uh, that's a possibility. Right. I mean, because when you disregard I mean, so human you, life. That was so long. That's an old movie, you yeah. know. And, and now it's 2021, and here we are talking about too many people on the planet. Right. We have, to, we have to limit the people. We have to limit, find different ways to have food. And right. And so get rid of cows. And, I know. And, and then you're going to come up with these, uh, I guess, these types of foods that have been created in the lab. Right. I, I, I don't get it. Alternative meat. Yeah, that's, that's just too insane. But that's because... The life that God has given us as, which makes as me people think, is being disregarded. Which makes me think, what, what is that meat made of? That's <laughs> so what called. I'm saying. And you're eating probably more toxins than, than you realize. But, but people don't regard human, don't regard the life of people the way they once did. They don't reverence. They don't reverence children. They don't reverence uh, the elderly or the aged, the people for their wisdom. They don't reverence anything. It's just like they try to live within the moment and all they're concerned about is themselves. And so when the Lord said the love of many will wax cold, that's in the church, outside the church, it's world over. That's terrible. So here the California Supreme Court is going to decide if a pronoun misuse can lead to jail time. So, oh, the if you deliberately, Cal- <laughs> you know, so. The California Supreme Court has agreed to hear a major free speech case but that doesn't make Involving sense. law that criminalizes misgendering individuals by uh, not uh, using their preferred pronoun. Now, now, I don't think they'll be able to. Now, if they do, they are more cuckoo than I give them credit for. Because, you know, just like the N-word. And in that case, or, or, or when, you, when you use a derogatory word like the H-word. You just, when you actually, on purpose... Or when you use a, a, a word that defames uh, the Polish people or the Jewish people, you know, when you say things that you know is meant to degrade them, mm-hmm. then that would be that would cause you to have a sentence too. Then we throwing a whole bunch of people in jail, <laughs> we, we, because people do it all the time, and there's just no way that they should be able to try to regulate somebody's speech like that. Hmm. The multifaceted law placed new restrictions on long-term care facilities and was geared toward protecting LGBT residents. Yet, a section on pronouns sparked a major pushback. The controversial section makes it unlawful to willfully and repeatedly fail to use a resident's preferred name or pronoun. But what if you object to their preferred name? After being clearly informed of the preferred name or pronouns, violating the law could subject the employee to criminal penalties, including fines and jail time. I, I got a feeling it's going to be according to the state that you're in. Yeah, because a person can, I'm serious, a person can look up one day and say, Call me my Lord. And you say, huh? Yeah, they can take it too right. far. You say, I feel, I feel like I'm a deity. I feel like a God. Call me my Lord. And you say, I'm not going to call you my Lord. And there you go. You're in court. <laughs> That's stupid. 
Those proposing this bill are saying, if you disagree with me about my view of gender, you are discriminating against me. This is not tolerance. This is not love. This is not mutual respect. True tolerance tolerates people with different views. We need to treat each other with respect, but respect is a two-way street. It is not respectful to threaten people with punishment for having sincerely held beliefs that differ from your own. Right. Anyway, moving on. So 63% of Americans think that parents should have the final say in public education. There was a survey that was taken and they say that parents should be able to say what their children are being taught. Right. I mean, they should have a hand in it. And, and I don't know how they would come to a consensus because it's, eventually we probably have to come down to the majority rules, but that doesn't mean that the, the, the minority within that particular school shouldn't have some type of input, you know, because they might object to certain things being taught to their children. And how do you come up with a curriculum that everybody can agree to? So there was a debate with Youngkin, a Democrat, in Youngkin, a, a Democrat Terry McAuliffe yeah, who said, lost to him. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Yeah, I remember he doubled down when, when the, this is what I think lost him the election. When, when the parents, you know, expressed their shock at what he had said instead of him saying, well, let me, let me try to explain that. Let me clarify <laughs> what, what I just late. said. He, he could have, but he didn't. He he got just like more stern about the subject and, and, and the matter. And because he took such a hard stand on what he had said, I think that's why he lost the election. The parents took a hard stand at the ballot box. Right. They came out. People who normally probably would not have bothered came out and voted. Well, anyway, that concludes our program for this week. Yes, praise the Lord, and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Now, today's verse of the day comes from Mark chapter 8 and 35. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was... How often could the high priest enter the most holy place? And the answer is once a year. And that answer can be found in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, which reads, Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. This week's food for thought is, on what mount did the Israelites pronounce curses when God brought them into the land they were to possess? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.